So this evening I spoke to Jack Kennedy, who is a volunteer at SLYC, which is Strangford Lock Yacht Club. So Jack helps promote sailing to uh, people that may not be involved um, in the sport and runs courses. And um, one of the most interesting things is he started running adult sailing courses, getting adults into it who might previously think sailing was a closed off activity to them um, and getting them involved in understanding the sport. And then also there's a big junior scene as well in terms of developing kids. Um, so we talk about the courses he's running, also the importance of full water um, in terms of the mental health benefit and the importance of having a, a, a clean and protected water environment to play in almost and um, have these recreation activities on, which is um, so increasingly important these days. Um, what else did we talk about? We talked about... Um, Talked about the importance of um volunteers in clubs like that and the benefits volunteering can give people. Um, we actually had a good discussion after the podcast about it about like why like that we talked about why is us in uh, between networking and developing skills. Um, but then we talked about like why why do you do it? So is there like an underlying uh fear of not being in a community like? driving this uh the help um, and become part of a social scene but uh, anyway like i'm sure there's what we concluded was there's lots of ways to why people get into volunteering and not everyone's the same so um perhaps you can pick out some of the things that apply to you um and yeah so that was that was most of our the gist of our chat um so i hope you enjoy our chat um certainly did and it was a lovely evening before storm agnes um arrives tomorrow um so that will um yeah we made the most of the good weather tonight uh this will probably be my last podcast here in northern ireland before i head away i'm heading away for a while um to see my girlfriend in australia and then we're doing some traveling around there on new zealand and fiji so hopefully i'll get some coastal catch-ups down under mm -hmm. um, if you haven't already you can subscribe to updates um, so you can find out when I post um, a new episode um, on our email so at uh, coastalcatchups.com and I think that's about it guys uh, so I just want to thank you for listening again and supporting uh, your feedback is really appreciated um, you're sharing my content's really appreciated I hope it provides some uh value to you in terms of new information or hopefully some sort of entertainment um, but yeah I just want to say thank you again and I'll catch you soon It's all about Marie and the coastal sea Aquatic life and everything in between So sit on there and take a seat Coastal catch-ups with Sam P. Jack, thank you very much for agreeing to come on the Coastal Catch-Up. No problem. Happy to be here. Are you sure? I think so. <laughs> You've came straight from work, I imagine. Yes, I have. Rushed out of the office for you. Have you had dinner? No. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't bring dinner, so uh, apologies. No, I'll just have a coffee. It's fine. Um, no, but seriously, thanks very much. Uh, 
I'm looking forward to this conversation and um, I'm sure our listeners will find it interesting to hear what you get up to on the water. So, yeah. um, and probably you might gather up some new recruits. Hopefully. Uh, but we'll, del- we'll delve into yeah. that later. Um, but could you just start by telling us a bit about yourself in terms of growing up in the... In fact, let's talk about this before it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, um, this amazing place. So this is Strangford Lock, um, White Rock Bay, um, just before Storm Agnes. So it's really, it looks <laughs> it's really very good. calm, yeah, calm before nice the storm. Calm. Yeah. Um, and we're in Strangford Lock Yacht Club yeah. doing this talk. Um, so you spend a lot of time here, um, but before that, go go back to growing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. What does this place mean to you? Um, yeah, so I I sort I started sailing. Um, I started sailing down here, uh, coming to Sunday sailing. I suppose before that, my my brothers um, started sailing here as well. So mm-hmm. the reason I sort of got involved in the sport was that they my parents sent them on like to Sunday sailing. Mm-hmm. They got sent the courses. So it just naturally was a progression okay. that I then was sent as well. We were sent to be babysat in okay. the summer, basically, <laughs> is how I would have put it. Um, Mum and Dad didn't sail. Yeah. They were they did socialise down here. They sort of knew quite a few people, but mm-hmm. they weren't really big on the water. Um, mm-hmm. So it was sort of new to our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, how it started for me personally was coming to Sunday sailing, mm-hmm. um, which is something also you knew was we still run, and I'll talk mm-hmm. about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that naturally that progresses to going to sailing courses in the summer mm-hmm. um, and then sort of getting you know into it quite a bit mm-hmm. starting to then get your levels start racing meeting friends um, you know going off doing some races here maybe a few competitions elsewhere mm-hmm. so that's sort of how it started mm-hmm. um, so it was all very dinghy based then so yeah about seven years old when I started and I continued dinghy sailing maybe till I was about 15 16 okay. um, and then moved on and did other stuff after that so other hobbies or uh, no still sailing sort of once I got involved in this everything else I used to play tennis and swim and stuff but all that just cast down yeah that, that died to death just on the way in the water <laughs> um, I I took a bit of a break when I went to university um, so I did a, a lot of sailing diggies and then went to university um, came back hmm hated dinghy sailing, hated wearing wetsuits, hated being wet. Okay. I like being on the water as yeah. opposed to in the water. Yeah. Um so I bought a Sonata, which is uh-huh. like a small keel boat yeah. when I was twenty, I think. Uh-huh. Um yeah, when I just come back. Um so that is what I sail now. So yeah. there's a bit of a fleet here. Um I actually Cameron may be able to see my boat. Um Yeah, yeah you should be able to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a red one? Yeah, the red one with the black seal cover. So mm-hmm. um, there's about 10 of them here that mm-hmm. we sort of race regularly. So we race that in the, in the summer and we go off okay. and do regattas and stuff down the lock. Okay. Um, see, when you say you bought a sailboat at 20, a lot of people would go and be like, how the fuck does he afford that? <laughs> but yeah. I, I think there is that perception. Like, it, it's. It's, if, you, if you want it, if yeah. you want to do that and get into so, it, you can. Yeah, I, um, it's an interesting one. I'm not going to say sailing is not an expensive hobby because yeah. it's expensive in the grand yeah. scheme of things, but it is very accessible at the same time. So, like the the boat itself did not cost me much money. I mean, you're talking like you know four or five thousand, yeah. which you know is quite good for. I mean, people see boats as like a massive asset. You yeah. know, um, it's like half the price of. A car these days yeah um so yeah like it is a very accessible sport if you want to do it and get into it then 
it's really accessible to everyone. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Even if you are twenty, best best thing you could buy when you're twenty years old, in my opinion. Talking about NASA, I think it's a liability. So <laughs> <laughs> you're an accountant as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do they say? Best best day is when you buy it and when you sell it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it is a massive liability. That's why I'm saying it's not, not a cheap not a cheap sport because yeah. I I know I bought it for about five grand, but I think I spent about twenty on it. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's yeah. expense. It's as expensive as you want it to be. I think ah, that's yeah, the best way. Yeah. Putting it. I think it's good to talk about those numbers because there is that kind of for anyone not in the yeah. sailing community don't wouldn't know that and you know no. people will be listening to that being going that's expensive not going to do it other people might go here yeah that's, uh, yeah I mean look and the thing is racing a boat is very different to cruising a boat you know yeah. I could have bought that boat at £5,000 and not spent a thing on it yes. for the five years I've owned it yeah. and have cruised around every single weekend in the yeah, summer yeah, yeah. and you really get your money's worth yes. I mean the minute you go out in the lock and you're cruising around uh-huh. you're just like well god you'd pay 50 grand for it, you know, 100 grand for it, so Uh it is cheap in that regard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Racing is where it gets more expensive. Things break, you're upgrading stuff, and then out. Um, But then you mentioned about the accessibility, like if you, for example, crewing a boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you don't mean going in, like, no one should, and this is the sort of instructor coming out of me, no one should uh, come down on day one having never been out in the water and then saying, I'm going to go buy a boat. Yeah. Uh, you are mental, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did you hear about John Gilmore? Did you hear John Gilmore's book? No, what did he say? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, he's he... never done any long cruises and uh, left London, bought a boat, and headed right, okay. across Okay, but Atlantic. he had sealed before. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah, sealed before. Yeah, stuff, yeah, he did have an idea. Yeah, yeah he had an but idea. I mean, I it wouldn't... was one of those moments when it was like, yeah, wow, he actually did. John, that, John's, yeah. John's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, so crewing as well. I mean, the best way to get into it is yeah, doing courses or then obviously crewing a boat. If you want to get into bigger boat stuff, getting on a and there's always people looking for crew. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm always looking for crew. Mm-hmm. I got a call actually on my way down here. Someone was looking for crew, so mm-hmm. people are looking for people to come out with them, mm-hmm. um, and they do not expect you to have any idea what you're doing. Yeah, because as a crew. Well, I always say to my crew, the best crew, just do what they're told. <laughs> Unfortunately, my crew don't listen to that. But, you know, if you just you know, pull that rope, pull the rope, you know. So, yeah. Like uh, you, can start, you can start off really basic. And, mm-hmm. it, and, that, and the ex- there's yeah. no expense in that, yeah. really, apart yeah. from your, what, membership fees. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know, it's very cheap from that yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think that, that's a really good start, this podcast, Jack. I like that. Your best one yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So in terms of, we mentioned about being a Strangford Lock, like how important is this place to you? Like if you were living, could you imagine yourself living somewhere else or? Um, well, I went I went away to university. I went to Reading University. I spent three years there. My degree was for three years and uh-huh. I came back immediately. Uh-huh. Um, I studied investment banking actually, which uh-huh. a lot of people don't know. So my plan was to go to London and become one of those. London people? London people and yeah. sits. I did do an internship in London, and it was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. Okay. I'm not really. I, lo- I love London and I love cities. Going to Manchester tomorrow. Yeah. I, li- I like to do like travelling, but you know, I like spending my weekends down here. Yeah. And you know, I like to complain about this place a lot, which yeah. will obviously come into that. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, I wouldn't spend so much time down here if yeah. I didn't really enjoy it at the same time. So yes, yeah. this place does mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a place to 
switch off from work I suppose and things yeah. like that yeah no definitely and like I know I mean Mary said and Hammy said I think in their podcast but like you know this whole concept of getting away from your phone and getting away from work and your laptop yeah. and I, I think even nowadays in particular this whole concept of hybrid working and working from home like if you're at home working at your desk you know even though you close your laptop you're not actually away from work yeah. are you yeah. you know I have a work phone you know it's very difficult to get away from work Whereas when you're out there sailing and you've got no signal, um, you know, people can't contact it. It's, it's yeah. actually pretty good, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that it, it's great from just turning off yeah. and uh, enjoying yourself. Yeah. Um, so you didn't like London then? Uh, I love London, but it's just I couldn't live there. Um, I enjoy it for a weekend. have had many good weekends in London, but no, I, um, I, do, I do really enjoy it here. Um, and like it's just yeah it's a it's a sort of calming atmosphere you know yeah. and the sort of people around here and the sort of socializing obviously is is, is very important yeah. to me yeah. so um but no it it's just nice i mean look how peaceful it is tonight yeah. you know yeah yeah no like i said it'll not be like that in no 24 hours <laughs> um but even at that like it's quite a sheltered place uh like i think that will be a summer league tonight and it'll be like it'll be chopped but it'll not be compared to no like now actually it's quite a it's like a haven. Yeah, I mean, there are times when like the weather is absolutely atrocious. I mean, I've spoken to people who like who live in say Lisburn mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and like they, it's really really bad there. And mm-hmm. then they, they're coming down the White Rock Road, mm-hmm. and it's like sun yeah. and like no wind. You know, yeah. it's like a wee mini climate. We've got. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um. So in terms of your recent sail, and then you have the Sonata. You'd be doing a bit of racing. Yeah. Not that much cruising. Uh, not much cruising. I, the, the boat's not really set up for cruising. It is very much for racing. Yeah. Um, you know, my, when my brothers and stuff come home from, they live in like London and south of England, I do mm-hmm. take them. We would cruise around a wee bit. Mm-hmm. I am looking for a cruiser potentially. Okay. Uh, I know I'm talking about buying another boat when I'm already spending a fortune <laughs> on the first one. Um, so yeah, I think I will, I will look at doing more cruising. Yeah. I have been crewing a wee bit. On large boats, I went to West Highland Week mm-hmm. um, on a Bavaria, oh, Noah Hunt 38 or something, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoyed. And West Highland Week is a bit of a cruise, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's a bit of a booze cruise, it's not a race. <laughs> well, it's a booze cruise with a start and finish. Um, so, like, yeah, I do I do enjoy the cruising aspect yeah. as well, you know. Um, and I would like to actually see a bit more cruising on the lock. I don't think there's that much, you know, uh-huh. you maybe pass one or two boats, but like, it would be nice to do a bit more cruising here. Yeah. There's so many like little islands and inlets and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like uh, you could spend a, a good summer and not get around. Yeah, anything, I mean you know? there are some beautiful like Paul Island stuff, some yeah. beautiful wee yeah. anchorages, you know. And like they are, I don't want to say underutilized because almost what makes them beautiful is the fact that no one yeah. else is there. Yeah. So yeah. I say it with a slight caveat, but um, <laughs> <laughs> don't want everyone coming down. But like yeah, no, it's a beautiful place to cruise as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, watch your space, I'll be buying a cruiser, I think it's Okay, point. cool, cool. Um, I, I think a lot of people would be, be I, I know it probably sounds bad, like, so at the start we're like trying to maybe encourage people to get into sailing, and then we turn around and go, uh, <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't come down here, no, no, you is, can't get this is our sail. swamp. Yeah, get in the sailing, just don't do it here. Um, no, look, I think it's... Uh, you know, and it's I suppose it's this like sustainability piece and envi- looking after the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Strangford Locks and Area of Outstanding Natural Beauty or whatever the the terminology is. I can give you some more. <laughs> no, it's fine. I sure? think that, that there's means. lots of designations. <laughs> uh, 
but I think that's what makes it beautiful you know yeah. is the fact that it is sort of not untouched but touched by few hands type yeah. of thing you know and it's mm-hmm. not like everyone's coming down mm-hmm. you know during covid i think there was an element of that to be mm-hmm. honest like because no one else could do anything in the world mm-hmm. then they thought well let's go down to that water yeah. and or that yeah. bay and like go out and whatever um i mean it never got that bad but like yeah it, it's a it will be a balancing act and i mean we have found even in this club and in clubs around the lock memberships growing quite a bit um, which is great and we want to see more people on the lock and you know doing more courses and people getting more interested but I think it's more of an education piece and like you know the reason we it's like this is because we're trying to keep it like this so you need to try play your part as well if you yeah. want to play in our playground yeah. type of thing yeah no everyone needs to be on the same page because if you have people coming down that uh, let there's a car park over there for example come down litter everywhere you know yeah. like clean up after yourself so simple yeah uh, there's loads of wildlife around here the seals haul out on the island nearby you know how close can you get like know how close you can get without disturbing them yeah um so yeah it's it's all about education and, and common sense but i think it's all, that is a part of sustainable being utilizing this place sustainably is if you're encouraging people to get on the water you're teaching them how to do it mm-hmm. in a good way yeah. Um, without just yeah, letting everyone go loose. But people need to be. I think that's what it comes down to. People need to be educated about it. Yeah. You know, we can't just yeah. expect people. Yeah. Can't shouldn't let people come down and do it and then complain about it. You know, yeah, actually spend the time yeah. with them yeah. and educate them. Yeah. Which I think is maybe something that's missing at the minute. I know Rory <coughs> is doing a massive part. Um, in the podcast. Yeah, Rory. Yeah, so like. Uh, <laughs> and Rory. And yeah, yeah, and Rory. Um, but um, you know. I was even amazed actually when Rory puts up stuff on Facebook about like you know how much crap he collects and I was actually amazed even mm-hmm. how much there was on the mm-hmm. lock. Um, so like what he's doing, obviously what you're doing here, talking about sustainability, um, is great. But I think you know we need more of it. Obviously, the more yeah. popular the lock gets. Yeah, and it needs to be like people will turn up, come down for a weekend. Like there's like a there's a sign over there I think the council put up, mm-hmm. which gives people a probably an understanding of the wildlife and stuff but um, I definitely think yeah I think it it should almost be like drummed home like if anyone say you speak to someone coming down here like first thing you say be like oh like seals on the island there what like don't you know keep an eye out for me you know I don't know yeah. it just needs to be uh, brought up in conversation a bit more so um, yeah just paddle borders there as we speak probably yeah, going going over the seals. <laughs> uh, no, that's Rory's lot. That'll be that'll be good over here. Uh, no, so um, yeah. So from sailing Jack, then you got into instructing and volunteering. Yeah, um, which is where it all went south. So uh, we can just skip over this. <laughs> no, I'm really joking. This, this is why I'm here. Hi, um, how you doing? So yes, yeah, so from from sailing um, from getting involved in Sunday sailing then doing the, the uh-huh. courses and uh, the natural progression is as you will know uh-huh. you know uh, we've all done it you at 14 you get the calling okay would you like to be an assistant instructor yeah um it's a very proud moment mm-hmm. you know when you're 14 yeah. I think Christ actually this is amazing they've recognized <laughs> me here 
Um, so yeah, you get the calling at 14, you want to be an assistant instructor, and then you sort of move into that, you know, sort of instructing realm. Mm -hmm. So this is where you start teaching people how to sail. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they're, they're, you know, like anything, there's a sort of hierarchy, and my personal personality sort of is, if I'm in a hierarchy, I want to be at the top. So <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was at the bottom of this triangle as assistant instructor, and sort of very quickly realised, like, well, who's above me? How do I get there? You know, so I I did. I put that in a sort of jokey way, but I, you know, I worked my way up, became a thing instructor, became a senior instructor, um, did a bit of powerboat instructing as well, actually. Mm -hmm. So sort of was crossing a couple of different ways, became the chief sailing instructor. Um, and then I suppose at that point I was, I was doing a lot in the sort of instructing training part of the club, but there's mm -hmm. a lot more to this place, you know, as everyone will appreciate, any club has a lot going on, you know, You've got like the bar, you've got social events, you've got sailing events. Mm -hmm. um, so like naturally, as like a sort of very enthusiastic 16 to 20 year old who has their summers off because, you know, they've, you know, out of exams, out of school, out of uh, university, you get pulled into things. So I got pulled into, you know, helping out doing mark boat and committee boat and sailing events. I got roped into doing the bar when I was of legal age. Mm -hmm. I think I'm better behind the bar as I am on the other side of it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, then I started sort of enjoying that, um, you know, building up a bit of a network, a bit of a community. You know, it it feels good to sort of be helping out a place that's given you so much, and that was sort of my sort of yeah. thinking. Um, it's nice also to sort of see what you do make things and prosper further. So like, mm -hmm. you know, you start to get, I started getting a bit obsessed, you know, like helping out at the bar, right? Okay, well, how can we, you know, get more bar revenue? How can we, you know, make it a better place, etc. Running events, you know running a fundraiser for the RNLI, et cetera, you know, I sort of just started going a bit mental. Um, so you, you like looking at the Excel sheet? I like, yeah, I'm a typical accountant, <laughs> like income, income uh, outgoings yeah. surplus, you know. Uh, no, I'm not that, but well, I mean, <laughs> someone accused me of being that bad. But um, there's a lot of various, you know, benefits of, of volunteering, um, and I definitely saw those. So. Mm -hmm. When I was about 20, 21, um, after doing a fair share of volunteering, the uh, committee, so the sort of 14 people that mm -hmm. run the club, approached me and said, would you like to join? Mm -hmm. And there's an opening. At that time, it was for communications. Mm -hmm. um, and they, I think they really needed someone to come into that space to sort of, mm -hmm. you know, sort of cut the mould and really change it up because um, I think historically they'd sort of struggled with it as, mm -hmm. as they would given, you know, being 60 plus. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, so I sort of joined the committee at 21, which I think is fair to say, well, I've always claimed it, is the youngest committee member at SOIC, which is even quite an achieve, personal achievement. Mm -hmm. um, so I sort of spent, I think I spent three or four years doing that um, and introduced a lot of different things like revamp the Facebook that hadn't been used in like mm -hmm. five years, set up an Instagram page, yep. you know, and sort of really tried to reconnect with everyone, set yep. up a WhatsApp group, which doesn't seem revolutionary to anyone like under 25, 30, but is pretty revolutionary to anyone above that age. Um, so that is where I really focused on top of then doing still like the likes of helping out of the bar, yeah. helping at sailing events, still heavily involved in the, the training. Um, I sort of started as sort of that chief instructor role, chief sailing instructor. I sort of ended up doing a lot of actually instructing and developing of instructors mm -hmm. instead of actually doing a lot of teaching myself. Mm -hmm. I found myself developing them, which again was nice to see 
you know, people sort of developing themselves mm -hmm. and learning new skills, mm -hmm. um, which is, I enjoyed that part of it quite a bit. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I, that's sort of where I got to. And then two years ago, there was a bit of a internal reshuffle um, and I was asked to come on and be training captain. Uh, so sort of head up the training powerboat and sailing, which was basically the next step up from chief sailing instructor. So finally, after 12 years, got to the top of that hierarchy, which I was telling you about. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that for two years, basically. And so that's where this is where my sort of volunteering journey has got me to date. Mm -hmm. Do you think the work you did to train instructors coming up has paid off? Now, you, like, there's a, a good pool of yeah, um, there yeah there is. Like, I think. Well, there's, there's two aspects to that. So it, I think it's, there was a natural sort of progression for me to become training captain because I have literally gone through our training program, mm -hmm. you know, never mind as an instructor, but mm -hmm. literally from seven years old, whenever you come to Sunday sailing. Mm -hmm. So like I, I myself have gone through it and I am a product of what we do yeah. here, yeah. which it work, you know, it works. Mm -hmm. And like, I think people are surprised to hear that like, you know, when I've got, I've uh, trained AIs and they're like, you know, in 12 years time, you could be replacing me as training captain. Like, no way. But like, well, hopefully they do because I can't do it for another 12 years. But you know, it, it yeah. it's all very achievable. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's that, I think it was, it was natural for me to take over because I, I knew everything that went on. But also, yes, you're right. In terms of, I had obviously done a lot of training mm -hmm. as I came up the ranks and that is showing that sort of the senior instructors I have now, like, really know what they're doing mm -hmm. and I can depend on them quite heavily yeah. um, but as you'll know from the sailing world or sailing instructing like you are it's quite a very it's a very difficult workforce to manage because mm -hmm. they're there for like five years max yeah. and then they're like you know yeah, yeah. getting proper jobs um, which you know I've I did. yeah as you did <laughs> you know as most of them do yeah. I got a proper job but I still like pretending You're still here. <laughs> yeah I'm still here um, so it's difficult in that regard because you have them for too long. Yeah. So you're, but the benefit of that is then you're developing the next, you yeah. know, group of people. So uh -huh. it's like constantly like succession, succession, yeah. and you're like, you're developing these people and making them amazing instructors, and they go off and get amazing jobs. And actually, it's because of me and what I did with you, and not because of what your, own, your education. Yeah, not because of your education. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> does, like I think you're right. It does. Like that sort of skill set of actually managing, um, like a teaching program and. The safety of young kids and all that responsibility like it looks great on a cv yeah and it, if people were inclined to go across the world they could they could work in anywhere doing that sort of thing because it is a it's yeah. an industry i don't think still to this day i think when you become a d an ai or a di or particularly when you become an si 18 you don't realize like how much responsibility yeah. you're taking on Absolutely. until actually you've almost stopped doing that and you look back mm -hmm. like you know having 30 35 kids on a sailing course and you're uh -huh. the person in charge at 18 years old yeah. is pretty intense yeah. some people would say it's crazy a um, good example is when you have like 20 dinghies out there with yeah. little kids on it and then a thunderstorm but yeah like what i would say from an instructing perspective but also a volunteering perspective that the sort of soft skills you learn like Absolutely. can never be working uh, with people and yeah overlooked like the the team team sort of working together as a team mm -hmm. leadership like organization mm -hmm. presentation skills communication skills like all of these things you shouldn't you know people shouldn't underestimate how much that will 
impact them mm -hmm. going forward into their mm -hmm. proper jobs yeah. or like you know into life generally yeah. so it's a really good thing to get involved yeah. in yeah yeah and you can apply that to any like other water sports like yeah. any windsurfing uh, kayaking you know the skills because at the time you're right looking back on it you don't realize i think it's because you're just so clued in and involved yeah in it and you're yeah. just you've got your blinkers on yeah, you don't really you're just doing what you know and yeah that's it and well you're just used to be nuts you're like oh i've become an si now i have to be in charge of these yeah, 30 kids know, you know, know and get paid yeah. for it like yeah. if you look back on it you wouldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> I know. um so it, in terms so that's your journey up the, the hierarchy, hierarchy. Um, yeah it's part of I, I don't know if this is part of what you included but there's more adult sailing courses on yeah so yeah when i when i became training captain i i sort of wanted to, uh, what we've done here historically is like our bread and butter and we're mm -hmm. really good at it like yeah. teaching kids how to sail like you know level yeah. the sort of our way levels one to four um i think what we and sort of part of courses part of level two i wanted to sort of branch out a wee bit and offer a bit more so mm -hmm. introduce a lot of adult sailing courses mm -hmm. i think the timing the timing of that worked out very well. I don't think it's down to my genius, to be honest with you. Um, it takes a lot for me to say that, but you know, coming out of COVID and a period of like you know two or three years of new activity, but also in that two or three years, people falling in love with this place mm -hmm. and wanting to come down and wanting to do new skills and mm -hmm. wanting to get outdoors, that played really well into our you know our hands of then well why don't you come learn how to sail mm -hmm. you know yeah. and that was that was perfect from the adult learn to seal courses and you know we've had a lot of success from those in terms of introducing the sport to new people getting membership out of those people people joining um some people even have gone on to buy literally like you know 35 foot yachts from that mm -hmm. which terrifies me because i've taught them everything they know um <laughs> and yeah some people would say i don't know that much um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean and it, that from that perspective it's been unbelievable uh -huh. um, and like, I think the, ma the, the main thing is that the adult sailing courses and like well any of those courses the, the main objective is not to teach you a thing or to babysit you for five days but we're trying to introduce this new sports you, mm -hmm. you know don't want to get really cliche here but it's this whole point of like breaking down the barriers I mean you mentioned at the start of this podcast like people think sailing is uh, you know there's a lot of barriers to entry expenses um, you know there's an element of class behind it or like who you are where you come from mm -hmm. and like we have done so much now to break down all of those barriers which I think we are doing and it's mm -hmm. it's showing mm -hmm. um, but I think it was we were very lucky from a time perspective and then other you know I've tried to do other courses like safety book courses and first aid and shore based stuff and just just sort of expand out we've also done a lot around racing mm -hmm. um, so we've done a lot of adult racing and then we've focused a lot more on the kids racing side of things too um which is good and that's sort of still an area of focus for me because we've been very good at churning out sailors but i would like to start you know churning out racers and seeing them going to events and competing on behalf yeah. of their club and winning things you know yeah um so that's sort of a focus area for me going forward but yeah i mean the adult sailing stuff has been, has been very successful mm -hmm. very good yeah no it's interesting you said about the it's it's all well and good teaching kids and stuff, but uh, if you probably talk to Hammy Baker, he'd be looking at the ones that are trying to get the 
go on the Olympic pathways to the Olympics. And yeah, the I mean, and like there, you know, there is an element of, you know, we obviously, I would love, you know, I'd love, I see if some one of my sailors got the Olympics, I'd be the first one there <laughs> expecting a ticket being in their box, being like, you know, well done, Jimmy. But, um, you know, I think we need to be set, you know, I want to be sensible too, and that if you're not going to become an Olympic sailor, that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, but as long as you're, you, you may go buy a boat, you join, you go crewing, or you, you just enjoy the lock like everyone else, then mm-hmm. perfect, we've got more people involved, you know, and that's what we want, a bigger community. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what my objective is, to yeah. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. If then they go on and, you know, yeah, compete in Commonwealth or the Olympics, well, they can't compete in Commonwealth, compete in the Olympics, then brilliant, mm-hmm. you know. So from all this, Jack, how do you manage your time between work and doing <laughs> Do you? Um, yeah, better be very careful because I'm sure my employers will watch this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, it's I'd be lying to you if I said it was easy, um, me managing my time. And I will maybe touch on volunteering um, in a bit. But I think you, you have to just... You have to be very good at managing your time. I'm maybe an exception to the case. I think I'm slightly on the other side of the spectrum in that, like, you know, I'm heavily involved and I give a lot of time, you know, volunteering time. You know, people don't need to do that level of volunteering. I think, I think clubs do suffer slightly because uh, generally what happens in a volunteering scenario is that you do have this core group of like, you know, five or six people that give up an unbelievable amount of hours. Um, and the risk there, and it's sort of a, you know, a thing that people are talking about now is this sort of idea of like volunteer fatigue or volunteer sort of burnout, mm-hmm. um, which I do see becoming an issue. So I think what is important, and what we are trying to do here now as well, is that when you join this club, this club is not, you know, a members club where everything is given to you, you know, and you can just go off and do your own thing, you know. We want you to get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What could you do for us? Mm-hmm. And we're not looking to give you a job, but we want you to buy into it. We want you to like want to give your time, and you, you know, everyone, you know, it, it's a, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there is that other piece of like you know being conscious of your time and making sure you don't bite off more than you can chew. That's a very good way of me not answering what you just asked me and <laughs> that I don't really I don't really manage my time um, I, I think man like same with any club you know people sometimes think as soon as they say yes to something they'll be roped into yeah. this and that and all the rest and I, I suppose like if you if you're if you're not very good at saying no it could happen mm-hmm. but at the same time I I'm probably I probably could volunteer more but I feel like I'm good in the sense that like if there's an event on here or whatever like I'll be down like we'll offer yeah. our, our boat and stuff to help yeah, yeah, yeah. help of with things um, and like like you say like if someone's joining and their experience behind the bar you know like something that just suits them and just every now and again just yeah I think like I think you're completely right you don't want to you don't want to fall into that sort of that you know I that possibility you could be having yeah. volunteer burnout right yeah. no one wants to be in there mm-hmm. Um you know, you're, yes, you, you obviously do help out a lot and we're, it's not necessarily people like you who understand how clubs mm-hmm. run, but it's mm-hmm. we're obviously seeing a lot of people come to the sport now who, you know, I think in general there's been a massive move to like this sort of pay-to-play concept mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you go off and do something and you give someone a tenner and mm-hmm. you get something back and then mm-hmm. you go home and that's it over with. Yeah. Like we are not, you know, we're not a leisure centre. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we aren't 
you know, funded fully by paid staff, etc. So mm -hmm. it's we're trying to teach these people who may not be used to it that mm -hmm. this is a volunteers club and like you know, muck in where you can. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be chasing you if you haven't done ten hours a week. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah. Like sort of saying, right, come on, get down yeah. here and yeah. clean the tables. Um, but you know, we would appreciate people getting involved mm -hmm. when they can. Mm -hmm. I think as well, volunteering has taken a bit of a hit recently because you know like any you know if you've got a, a sort of a higher high pressure job if you've got a family mm -hmm. you know a lot of external pressures now cost of living crisis mm -hmm. i mean why in a cost of living crisis would i give up time for something i'm not getting paid for you know so yeah. volunteering is going to be the first thing that goes yeah. on people's list of yeah. you know to do um so i get you know we are it, it is becoming a bit more of an issue mm -hmm. um but it really shouldn't you should not underestimate how important volunteering is to the, the place that you're volunteering but also to you personally mm -hmm. and, and how you know it develops you as a person and the mm -hmm. network you make and the sort of friends you have and you know there's a lot of benefits to volunteering yeah you know yeah no you're right there actually about the other things because i was thinking about uh like the, f the typical thing is like the feel good but there is all those other things like having a network and yeah a social scene making friends and um developing skills like there's yeah there's a lot yeah to i mean you learn a lot i mean like knowledge sharing and stuff like learning mm -hmm. off other people i mean you learn a hell of a lot um you know you don't you could become quite isolated actually if you just do your job go home yeah. and you know yeah go to the gym and then you know mm -hmm. that's it mm -hmm. um so like meeting all these different people and learning learning from them and stuff and you teaching them mm -hmm. um so like that's why we're trying to, we want to try encourage more of that yeah. um which yeah hopefully hopefully we will in the future so Jack, what's next for you then in terms of um, volunteering, in terms of being on the water? Any plans? Um, yeah, so I obviously mentioned about potentially buying another boat, so that'll be sort of in my spare time to do a bit of cruising, hopefully. Um, still do a bit of racing in the Sonata, get better, hopefully. It's, I mean, I've been trying for five years to get better and it's not really happened yet, so I mean, I don't know if that's, that's going to work, but um, volunteering-wise, yeah, look, I... Um, I'm gonna. I'll stay on as training captain. Um, I think that sort of plays my strengths. Um, and we sort of built a very sort of reputation, very you know, good reputation here as a, mm -hmm. as a sort of training centre. Um, keep doing what we're doing in terms of the adult sailing stuff and the and as I said, sort of the kids racing, sort of building that a wee bit. Mm -hmm. um, when I find more time, um, and I'm gonna have to because I'm going on the courses and. I want to move into the sort of race official sort of side of things. Okay. So for people that don't know what that is, it's basically being involved in organizing sailing events and being the race officer and being in, you know, again, being in charge. People would think I have a sort of issue. There's a, there's a theme here, yeah, Jack, being in charge. Yeah, so essentially um, being able to, to run, you know, sailing sailing races um, and doing it properly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've always, it's been an area I've always wanted to get into. So I'm doing the course in November and then maybe, you know, next May, June time, you'll be racing an event that I'm in charge of. For racing then see racing. you at the Olympics. Then you'll see me at the Olympics, yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> nice um, one, nice one. So, yeah, so that that's really what the plan is. Um obviously coming into a bit of a difficult year I sort of go over in the hibernation now um, but we'd have this year we've sort of started looking about a winter training um, so I've got there's day skipper theory courses and yacht master theory courses and 
first aid courses and stuff running at the club and then we'll be sort of come January time people always laugh at me because Mary Martin I think said in her um, in her podcast about like looking around at Easter time or April time for courses mine go up for sale on the 1st of January <laughs> I think I had nothing better to do um, so yeah January time we'll look to release courses for the summer so if you're watching and you're interested adult sailing courses kids sailing courses normally go out on sale in or for booking in January okay so if anyone's interested in getting involved and uh, yeah if if they're listening and they're do they have to become a member before they no sign up for no so if you want to do a course you don't have to be a member it's slightly more expensive um okay. but like you know if you want to do a course see what it's like get involved mm-hmm. that way um then yeah do a course definitely mm-hmm. then you can look at membership after that um so yeah definitely if you're interested in it definitely look at our website and mm-hmm. look at getting a course okay and you mentioned about sunday sailing yes. a couple of times throughout the um yeah chat. What, what's up what's so up? sunday sailing is um our basically our like intro to sailing if you're a kid so uh-huh. if you're aged seven to 15 yeah okay and uh, we run sunday sailing from may through to the end of september so okay. it's just finished um so yeah again that that will start up in may time beginning of may go out for booking january february time um, you don't have to be a member to do Sunday sailing. Okay. So you can go on and you, it's like thirty-five pounds or something, and you, mm-hmm. you're allowed to come down three times mm-hmm. um, to see if your kid likes it, mm-hmm. you know. And if they like it, then you can look at joining. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good way of sort of introducing them to the sport with before like booking them on like a five-day sailing course in mm-hmm. the summer, and they're crying every day, and I have to ring you to come out of work to, to yeah. collect your kid, please, you know, because Jimmy wants to go home. I always <laughs> use that name, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> Um, so, so yes, yeah, Sunday sailing is if if they're interested in sort of just dabbling their foot in it. Okay. You know, then trying it out. Yeah. Nice. Try so you can try it out, and then uh, if if maybe you want to go full in, you can look at the book in the courses in yeah. January. Yeah. Um, great, Jack. Thank you very much. So, no problem. Um, Hope you enjoyed that. I did. That was good. Uh, the so I enjoyed. I know you're a figurehead. Of so I'm a member of this club as well. So I know figurehead, you're, you are a figurehead. Um, you, yeah, flying the volunteering flag and de- developing youth sailing. And mm-hmm. I think something I chatted with Hammy as well about like longer plans. So like you might not see what's happening now. These kids developing and all the rest like you probably won't be in another five years until you see them come back as instructors you know and that sort of thing so yeah it's um, a bit of you are playing the long game slightly you know and but it's good for the continuity of the club as well exactly Um, you need someone and like i will you know i'll be passing the baton on at some point whenever i'm ready so i think so jack i think you're enjoying (laughs) anyway well you might be interviewing me in five years time who knows yeah um yeah five years time if i'm still doing this we'll see uh Hopefully I'm making money from it. That stage I can do it full time. <laughs> and you can pay me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we can do it somewhere nice and warm as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. Listen, Jack, thank you so much. Um, and thanks for sharing the info on, I'm sure if anyone's listening, uh, I'm conscious the last couple of episodes have been sailing related, but I think they've all been really good in the sense that they provide like a snapshot of how to get involved and talking about things like the barriers to yeah. sailing and how to get the increase accessibility i think it's really important to share about so um all those things been great to hear um you chat about and yeah i want to wish you luck on getting a cruiser uh, i hope you get faster in the sonata hopefully in your racing boat 
and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you about. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for catching us. Thanks. Thanks.